0: The girl crush podcast some theme music will be your sandra bullock source i love the range of movies that she's in her eyebrows they're amazing she's very striking features Fast male co-star quirky little personality she's got real tears at multiple parts in this movie oh yeah key sandra bullock physical comedy powerful woman i mean she's the boss the whole movie i'm just all in rom-com brilliant smart five out
1: of five Hello and welcome to the Girl Crush Podcast. I'm Allie. And I'm Anne. We're obsessed with Sandra Bullock, so this season we're watching all of her movies and ranking them. If you want to give us your own thoughts, be sure to connect with us on Instagram at girlcrush underscore pod.
0: And as always, be sure to rate and review. On today's special little episode, we'll be talking about two mockumentaries, Lisa Picard is Famous and Welcome to Hollywood. Lisa Picard is Famous was released in 2000. Sandra Bullock plays herself in this mockumentary. You have to, if you really want to watch this, you need to buy it on DVD. DVD? You need to (laughs) buy it on DVD. Go ahead and purchase that on the (laughs) internet. You set up a PayPal account and order this through eBay. .ebay www.ebay.com. It's the World Wide Web. (laughs) Okay. If you were... (laughs) If you, if you feel strongly about watching this, you will have to purchase it on DVD. We bought this one on eBay. And in this mockumentary, a documentarian follows an aspiring actress in New York chronicling all the ups and downs of the profession.
1: In this episode, we'll also be reviewing the mockumentary Welcome to Hollywood, which was released in 1998. Sandra Bullock also plays herself in this. And this is another one you have to purchase the actual DVD of if you want to watch it. We bought it off of Amazon. And in this one, very similar to the other one, classic mockumentary following a nobody actor and trying to track them from being a nobody to a somebody. So if you really want to go watch these, pause this, wait for your DVD to come, (laughs) but you really don't have to. You don't. We're going to go through these, these, mm, I don't want to call them movies, Mm. just these mockumentaries. These films. Today, and that will be all you need. Yes, agreed. Otherwise, here's your spoiler alert. (laughs) Yeah. But quick side note before we get started, and I I have to bring in something that's not really relevant to the episode, but is relevant to other episodes we've recorded. I finally watched Titanic. Oh my goodness. (laughs) What did you think? Okay, I loved it. First, I watched it with our, our super fan, Gabby, who <gasps> listens to all of our episodes, and was she kept texting me. She's like, okay, when are we watching Titanic? Like, I have to watch it with you. Gabby. Yes. Doing what I've been wanting to do for so long. Thank <laughs> <Yes>. you, Gabby. <laughs> Shout out to Gabby for making it happen. It was amazing. I loved it. I cried basically the whole time. <laughs> yep. Leo is so young. Baby. Baby. Did an amazing job. I finally can, like, understand the memes that I've seen from it. I know the context now. Obviously, I knew what happened, but... I'm so proud of you. Uh I totally get it now. Like, the classic, just mm, the iconic nature of the film. I get it. Also, Kate Winslet. Amazing. Oh, I know. Just, she is iconic. Oh, so good. It was incredible.
0: I already want to watch it again. Wow. Does this mean I have to watch Lord of the Rings? Yes. <laughs> I believe you did commit to that on the air. (laughs) This is a promise I regret, but okay. I'll do
1: it. I actually think you're going to really like it. It's just a big type commitment.
0: Yeah. Well. (laughs) Someday. If I've made it through all of Jennifer Aniston and Sandra Bullock's movies, I feel like I can commit to watching the Lord of the Rings movies. Let me just tell you,
1: if you have made it through these two mockumentaries, (laughs) you can make
0: it through Lord of the Rings.
1: You can make it through anything. Yes. Okay, I just had to give that sidebar
0: there, but I can bring it back to these. <laughs> I'm, I'm thrilled to hear that. That's going to be the best news we hear this whole episode, I think. So I thought this was a good one to throw it in for. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so for Lisa Picard is famous, we gave this a 4 out of 10 for plot. So just jumping into this. A documentary filmmaker wants to find a person who's on the cusp of becoming famous, and he finds Lisa Picard. She's just finished a TV movie and has been in a very sensual and controversial <laughs> wheat check <Czech> cereal commercial. <laughs> Which brings me to my question. What's your favorite kind of cereal? Oh, man.
1: And why don't I already know this about you, considering we were roommates?
0: Well, I'm not a big cereal eater. Oh, maybe that's I why. Don't, I don't eat a lot of cereal. And if I do, I don't put milk on it. I just eat it dry. <laughs> <laughs> I do love, like, a good dry handful of Cheerios. Yeah. So... You know, in regards to eating dry cereal, I enjoy Frosted Flakes and Honey Bunches of Oats. Wow. How do you eat those dry? With a spoon still? Yeah. Or just like finger... You almost make it like a, you know, Chex Mix, almost trail mix.
1: Oh, okay. Okay. What's your favorite? Honey Bunches of Oats with almonds. So good.
0: I haven't tried that version because <gasps> yes, I... Yes, you can have almonds now. It's really good yeah. with almonds if you, if you like them. Good question. So this is obviously a mockumentary. Because why were mockumentaries so popular? I don't know. So there are interviews with Lisa. Honestly, it's so uncomfortable to watch. She uses these catchphrases to answer questions. But when the interviewer prods, she, like, doesn't actually know how to answer. It's like she's only ever seen snippets of how people (laughs) interview and doesn't know how to actually be, like, an actual human being. Right, right. We do see a cameo of Sandra Bullock. She's like in a UPS store or something. Watch closely because it passes real fast. Yes. They go up and say hi to her. She's unsure if she's supposed to actually know them. And they say they don't know her and introduce themselves as actors and ask for her advice. And Lisa asks Sandra if she can borrow her cell phone to call her agent who just paged her. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And she gets a call back for an Advil commercial. Woohoo. The documentarian asks Sandra if Lisa has what it takes to make it, and Sandra seems unsure seeing as she's like, I "I don't know. I don't know her. (laughs) Like, how would I possibly be able to answer that question? When we started watching this, we were, like, not even sure what Sandra Bullock's role was in this documentary or mockumentary, whatever. And then when she came on screen, we were like, oh, my God, is this it? Is is she (laughs) only in this, like, 20-second scene? Uh, And it pretty much is, yeah. Yeah, the answer is yes. That's (laughs) it. Lisa gets a callback for an Advil commercial. She's very excited. This commercial is like a life or death to her. She spends so long before the audition prepping that she ends up running extremely late to the callback. It's very awkward. She obviously does not get it. Lisa and her boyfriend and her best friend Tate are hanging out. They're talking about some awful movie she was in. And she's making this movie seem like it was a huge deal, even though she, like, didn't actually have any lines. (laughs) And Tate seems kind of annoyed, rolling his eyes. I think Tate is also an aspiring actor, so... Yeah, if
1: I remember correctly, they met in, like, some children's performance of, like, a really ridiculous
0: play where they're all, like, fish or something. (laughs) Yeah. So Tate also tries to keep plugging his own work and Lisa seems annoyed by him doing that because (laughs) we find out throughout all of this that Lisa is just a selfish person. (laughs) Tate brought the tape of a soap opera episode where he was an extra and he's literally sitting in the background of a restaurant scene being super (laughs) animated during the serious scene. Honestly, it kind of feels like something Joey Tribbiani would do.
1: Yes, so true. Doesn't it? Also, this reminds me (laughs) this is so funny i was once an extra on (laughs) chicago pd that's amazing i think it was chicago pd and (laughs) they had me like also sitting actually in a restaurant and i was just like in the background while they were filming and stuff and then the episode finally came out and i wasn't in it (laughs) (laughs) were you like pretending to eat what what did you have to do I think I had to sit there and pretend I was talking to somebody else. Like, we just had to, like, mime a conversation. That's amazing. (laughs) So funny. So, you know what? I can relate to Tate a little bit here. You were just left
0: on the cutting floor. They didn't even. (sighs) I know. So sad. Lisa says it's the job of an extra to not be distracting, and he's distracting. (laughs) So she coaches him on how to be an extra, but he's, like, really offended and walks away. Wait, I'm sorry. One more question to
1: make this episode Mm -hmm. even a little more fun. If you could be an extra on any TV show, oh what would it be?
0: I think The Good Place would have been a really fun show to be an mm. extra on. Or like a Grey's Anatomy where you just have like a bunch of gore makeup and something.
1: Yes. You know? I want to play a dead body. <laughs> yeah.
0: Is, what would you be
1: on? Probably a crime show where I'm a dead body.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I don't know just if that's considered an extra. I don't know. <laughs> I've always wondered that. Is that an extra and they just like don't move or is it a really good looking mannequin or something? I think sometimes it is an extra.
1: Probably sometimes it's a mannequin. Maybe it depends on how close up they are or if they have any other scene. I don't know. Huh.
0: And then do, do, they, like, do they like recreate your body like if they do like an autopsy scene or something? Like how does that work? <gasps> good question. Maybe your face will be covered for the autopsy scene. We need like a movie makeup artist
1: yes. to tell us how this works. If somebody has experience in makeup artistry, special effects. Yeah. You know there is somebody who follows our Instagram that we follow also that does special effects makeup.
0: Maybe we can reach out to them. We should connect. Yes. <laughs> Lisa talks about some role she played in a reenactment. And she's she's really annoyed <laughs> This is hilarious. She's really annoyed that reenactment work is not respected by the industry. And she started a letter campaign for people to boycott the Emmys because they don't do awards for reenactments.
1: (laughs) Oh, this this makes me think of the people in my high school who pursued acting as a career that definitely should not have pursued acting as a career. And now they're like either (laughs) – They're like the people who didn't even get the parts in the school plays. And now they're like playing a part on those medical shows like Sent Me to the ER or like
0: doing literally reenactments of those types of things. So people I went to high school with who are like so talented, some have gone on to actually like be on Broadway or like do amazing things. But even with that, they are all fitness instructors. Every single one (laughs) is a fitness instructor. Wow. I guess, like, you, you do want to stay in shape for that Yeah, industry. I guess that makes sense. Like, you're going to be – but
1: – Especially if you're I'm on, like, like, Broadway or something, you're going to be, like, dancing yeah. all the time.
0: Yeah, but kind of, <laughs> kind of funny. So Tate is in a one-man show about being an out gay actor and the homophobia and criticism he's experienced in the industry. And he's kind of kicking off the show. There's about six people in the audience. They all go to a party. There's some, like, semi-famous soap opera star at the party along with a bunch of other aspiring actors. And it's honestly just a really awkward party. Lisa is handing out her headshot. It was just so cringy. Did you? I feel like we both did this. Did you, like, in high school take headshot photos with your friends?
1: (laughs) I actually – I definitely had, like, photo shoots with my friends. I don't know if they were, like, headshot style. What about you? Oh, I have something to show you. I took like modeling photos though with with, with Hannah. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay. We're going to have to dig these up. Yes. Oh, that would be great. Just like
0: (laughs) a bunch of pictures of us on Instagram stories. So Tate and Lisa, they get into a fight. Lisa calls Tate delusional. Tate tells Lisa everyone's always laughing at her and they have this childish, like, I hope I never see you again Parting. Mm Mm-hmm. Lisa asks the documentarian to turn off the camera, and she avoids him for days. Turns out, Tate's one-man show gets a rave review in the newspaper, and it starts selling out, and he extends his show's run. Charlie Sheen and Spike Lee actually come and are in the audience, and they're both thinking of turning the show into a movie, so Tate's career is just, like, taking off very unexpectedly. Lisa finally calls the documentarian back to invite them to a party to watch the premiere of a film she's in, where... She's only in the opening scene, but she's, like, (laughs) the main character's sister or something. Mm -hmm. Her boyfriend is so sweet and supportive. He's planning on proposing to her that night. He has champagne and flowers. Like, he has this whole thing planned. They start watching the film. And it pans over a photo of Lisa on her, quote-unquote, sister's table. And her sister is on the phone with her, but they actually cut out Lisa's scene. And (laughs) it's just a one-sided phone conversation. (laughs) So sad. That's got to be, like, the worst. Yeah, and, like, she
1: literally doesn't know until it's, like, premiering and she's watching with her
0: boyfriend. Yes. To find out that your scene's been cut. Yeah. She once again asks the crew to stop filming. They don't. There's a scuffle. Her boyfriend (laughs) proceeds with his plan (laughs) to propose to her, like, in that moment. She's screaming at him, demanding everyone leave her alone. Honestly, terrible timing. Like, what are you thinking, buddy? (laughs) Her acting actually is pretty decent here. I'm very anxious watching this. That's true. It's uncomfortable. Yeah. So, turns out the documentarian has also been following Tate as well, and we find out that Tate hasn't watched Lisa's movie. So, he, like, doesn't actually know that she's been cut. It seems like his success has driven a wedge between them, and they haven't been talking. The documentarian is disappointed with the results of his film so far. He calls Lisa and Tate and tells them that the other asked to see them, and Lisa's... (laughs) Lisa's in this show called All the Fishes of the Sea, which I think is how she and Tate have oh, met. Oh, right, right. That's she's, it. Ref- she's performing as a starfish in an elementary school gym. <laughs> <laughs> Tate goes to see her. They hug after and then they run away from the documentarian when he asks to interview him. And he says film can change lives. It tore Tate and Lisa apart, and then it brought them back together. And that is the end. <laughs> there you have it. There you have it. It's not good. It's no. entertaining, actually. It's, it is slightly entertaining,
1: but there it's There are just... parts that make you giggle, but, like, think how quick we went through that recap, and it's, like, a full-length, you know. Yeah. Like, I can't remember the runtime, but probably, like, an hour and a half. Yeah.
0: It's chuckle-worthy.
1: Yeah. But it's dumb. Very. Agreed
0: right. completely. Yes. Also, Lisa is not likable. She's not. I don't know what it's like to be a struggling actor in New York. But I do imagine this is actually like kind of accurate. Like you're ultimately pitted against your friends. It's probably very hard not to be jealous if one of your friends right. catches a break. So I got that, and that's fair. You know, maybe this movie would resonate more with someone who's in that situation. But she's not likable. She doesn't have a lot of grace for her friends <laughs> or for her, her situation. Right. And ultimately, it's a stretch to call this a Sandra Bullock movie. <laughs> I'm like wondering how they got her to be in this. I'm wondering that too.
1: This is the year 2000, and I'm like. Man, she had made a name for herself by then. hmm How did they get her to do this? Like, what did they have to pay her to make that
0: small cameo? What if they actually just ran into her?
1: <laughs> and they
0: were like, oh,
1: this is perfect. This is perfect. Can you sign this release real fast?
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <gasps> because otherwise oh, no. it is like, it's not like Sandra Bullock's going to fly to New York to film this, right? No. Yeah. No way. I don't know. And this doesn't seem like a, you know, cute, fun indie film that. Actors you know, would be dying at a chance to jump in on. Agreed. I mean, maybe they
1: paid her enough and it was like, well,
0: could use a, a paycheck. I don't know. Yeah. My maybe biggest dig against this is that the end credits are in Comic Sans font. <laughs> I have to wonder, is that like part of the mock in the mockumentary
1: part? Or is that maybe. just like, that's all they could do?
0: Yeah, maybe. <sighs> it was popular at the time, so who knows? Right. <laughs> Anything else on the plot? No.
1: So for Sandra Bullock's character, which is herself, we rated it a 4 out of 10, which maybe feels a little bit mean, but also for the sake of our rankings, like, we just can't rate it higher because Mm -hmm. she doesn't really do anything. She's just answers a
0: couple of questions. Yeah. I mean, there's not much to say there. Like, it does, I guess, make you think about if you were that famous, and we've talked about this in the past with, like, paparazzi and stuff, but, like, Mm -hmm. you're just probably dealing with randos all the time. So true. But also wanting you to help them in the industry yeah like that must be so annoying and it's like how can I help you? I literally don't know you yeah. are you even good I don't know <laughs> right exactly yeah so I don't know we landed on four somehow for that <laughs> yeah for her acting we gave her a five out of ten it's kind of funny like at her reacting to Lisa and Tate in the documentarian and like Lisa's persistence in trying to keep talking to her because mm-hmm. her face is kind of like get away from me you weirdo yeah like what are you doing you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, her reaction is like pretty believable here. Yeah,
1: mm, that's it. <laughs> okay, for Boss Babe, we rated this a zero out of two
0: because she doesn't do anything. It's fine. Right. And a Would You Watch Again obviously got a one out of five. <laughs> so to recap, for Lisa Picard is famous, plot four out of 10, Sandra Bullock character of Sandra Bullock, four out of 10. Her acting, if we can call it that, a five out of 10, Boss Babe, zero out of two, and a Would You Watch Again score of one out of five. For a total score of 14 out of 37 points, which means that Lisa Picard is Famous is ranked number 44 out of 48. It's hysterical that there are movies worse than
1: this. That is the funniest thing, is that this is not the worst movie.
0: Right? Like, I would rather watch this again than a few others. Who shot Patter Hangman? Yes. Those are the ones that ranked worse than this.
1: Yeah. This is actually tied with Who Do I Gotta Kill? Oh, my God. Okay. We just couldn't discern between the two. (laughs) We couldn't.
0: Is this our one tie of the season? I think this is our one tie. Oh, boy. Why did we do that? (laughs) I have no
1: idea. We probably didn't notice. Oh, well. Because we're like, eh, whatever. They're they're down there. Yeah. (laughs) It's hilarious. (laughs) So, jumping into the next mockumentary, (laughs) Welcome to Hollywood. Again, this was released in 1998, but we're actually reviewing this one second because we ended up not even scoring this one because as we watched it, we realized we really couldn't even score it like sandra bullock was in less of this one than the other one even (laughs) if that was even possible right so we'll we'll still take you through the plot quickly this one had a lot more interviews of famous people i will say there was like john travolta Mm -hmm. jeff goldblum will smith cameron diaz matthew McConaughey, and then sandra bullock who (laughs) whose line is that a star is someone who quote has a good butt
0: (laughs) yep that's it (laughs) that's the only thing she says
1: yes Oh, so this filmmaker, Adam, introduces the documentary we're about to see. He says when he was casting his last movie, he noticed that the actors are real people and he wanted to make a movie about it. And this seems to be literally the exact same plot as Lisa Picard is famous, pretty much, because he's like, yep. well, I'm going to find a star and follow them from obscure actor to stardom.
0: Yep. This did come out two years before, before. Lisa Picard.
1: Yes. But yeah. Yes. Yep. So I guess maybe Lisa Picard copied this one. <laughs> hmm so they end up with this guy named Anton who just moved from Chicago to pursue acting after, after doing a community theater production of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory.
0: Oh, boy. If that's what awakens your love for acting and convinces you to move across the country for it. Seriously. Godspeed. Bless.
1: <laughs> so Adam decides he wants to make Anton famous. He doesn't like the name Anton, so he gives him a new name, Nick Decker. And they pay, like, a grand for a thousand new headshots. <laughs> but they spell his name wrong, and it says <laughs> Dick Necker.
0: <laughs>
1: oh. uh, so Nick goes to some auditions, and literally at this point I'm already bored. Yes. This feels like watching home videos of someone you don't know.
0: That is exactly the right way to sum it up.
1: Yes, and in Lisa Picard is Famous, there were enough moments that kind of kept you chuckling. This one I thought was a little more boring.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. It's, it's just, I don't get the point of it, but right. continue. So in one audition,
1: he asks another auditioner what the director wants, and the guy tells him that the director wants it in an Australian accent, and this is to throw him off because the part is for a New York cab driver, and they're like, mm-hmm. why are you doing this in an Australian accent, and he just can't shake it. <laughs> So Adam realizes this is not going as planned, and he decides to combat this. He wants to get Nick a famous girlfriend,
0: and we're like, "Please be Sandy. We' were really wanting it to be Sandy. Yes, a missed opportunity.
1: So there's this montage of different actresses auditioning to be his fake girlfriend, and Adam is like, "Well, none of the famous women show up. They do mention Jenny Aniston and Courtney. Yes, who did so, not show? No. <laughs> So they secure someone semi-famous named Angie, even though she just got married.
0: So it turns out this is a real person. Angie Eberhardt has been in a lot, but nothing huge. She modeled for Sports Illustrated and once for Playboy. And she was also at one point engaged to Joe Pesci, which I think is (laughs) hysterical. (laughs) Oh, it's so funny. So some time passes, and
1: Angie being in the picture hasn't really helped. He's still not been able to book jobs. His agent lets him go because they're not getting enough return on him, like, financially. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. And people are begging Adam to stop making this documentary. He originally wanted Nick to book a job and hoped the ending would be him, like, accepting an award or something. So he ends up telling Nick that he's going to end the documentary. And Nick is, like, super disappointed because he's afraid he'll look like a loser. (laughs) Yep. Eventually, Nick gets a phone call from a producer who wants him to be in a movie and do his own stunts, like motorcycles, speedboats, jet skis, etc., So we then see him on film about to do a motorcycle stunt in front of a giant crowd, and he takes off, and the screen goes black right as we hear a crash. So then we see him in the hospital in the full body cast, and Nick ends up getting, like, a ton of press for trying so hard to get the role. So this was, like, just an audition. (laughs) And credits roll, and we see that a studio bought the rights for, quote, the Nick Decker story, and that Nick Decker wasn't even cast as himself. (laughs) Oh, man, that sucks. And then the movie ends with our girl Sandy making one more appearance long enough to say, welcome to Hollywood. Name of the mockumentary.
0: Oh, it's bad. It's so
1: bad. It's so... I Can we just talk about mockumentaries for a second? What is the point? I don't... I'm not the target audience. Are they still a thing? That's a good question. I don't know because... Yeah, again, I, I just don't know if I would hear of them because I don't think I'm the
0: target. Like, this came out in 98. Thin Pink Line with Jennifer Aniston came out yes. in 98. Lisa Picard came out in 2000. So I feel like it was... It was like a trend. It was a trend. Yeah. But then like, I hope that trend is dead. That's something that doesn't need to come back. Me too. I think it's safe to say I, I hate mockumentaries. Yeah, we're, we are zero for three. We're also <laughs> seeing really bad ones though. I mean, maybe that's there's some true. good ones, but... That's true. The kindest thing I can say about this is that Nick kind of looks like John Ham.
1: <laughs> okay, that's true. Maybe the meanest thing I could say about this movie is that the guy who plays Nick never acted again after this. Which seems like it's true to the mockumentary. Yeah, like maybe very, very meta. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, just terrible. All of it. So yeah, we couldn't even rank that one. We couldn't rank it. No. We were like this doesn't even deserve to be in the rankings.
0: If we did, it would be number 48 though, just to put everyone's mind at ease.
1: Yeah. So, if you look at our ranked list on Instagram, every once in a while we'll release, you know, the movies we've done so far. This is listed at the bottom as not ranked. Yep. <laughs> I can't even call it an honorable mention. No. Literally, we wanted to put it on the list to
0: say that we'd watched it,
1: like to show that we've done the work. Yeah. <laughs> because she's
0: credited. <laughs> I do wonder like Whenever all these other stars are kind of commenting, it's on the red carpet. So I wonder, like, if they just went to a red carpet event and like actually just asked these oh, and they're like, people, can we just, random questions? Yeah,
1: can we just put this in our mockumentary? Right, that would probably be like way more cost efficient, right? Like for sure. Otherwise, how would otherwise? They have, yeah, like would all these people have just been willing to do that and in like full event hair and makeup? And
0: no, no I don't think so. No, you're, they, I think they you're had right. to have sourced it from an actual event. I think you're right.
1: That's creative.
0: I guess so, yeah. Anyway, that's it for the mockumentaries
1: for Sandra Bullock. That is it. Thank goodness we're closing the book on that one. Thank goodness. Thank you for
0: joining <laughs> us on this journey. As always, thanks for listening to the Girl Crush Podcast. Let us know your thoughts on today's mockumentaries. You can find us on Instagram at girlcrush underscore pod. You can also email us at podcastgirlcrush at gmail.com or check out our website, girlcrushpodcast.com. Tune in next time when we'll be talking about Wrestling Ernest Hemingway. Bye. Bye.